Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Anthony Hughes. How are you, Anthony? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Delighted to be here. Oh, that's great. So if you don't mind, kind of in your own words, explain to us what you do, and then we'll discuss it. So um, my name is Anthony Hughes. I am co-founder and CEO of a company called Tech Elevator. And at Tech Elevator, we teach people how to code so that they can get jobs working as software developers uh, in the technology industry. Wow. So is it, is it a, a school, like a more like an academy? Um, so the, the formal sort of title or the type of program that we are is typically referred to as a coding boot camp. Um, it is a short form, rapid reskilling program um, that takes individuals with no experience whatsoever in software development and trains them over a short period of time. In our case, uh, oh. it takes us about 14 weeks to take somebody from zero professional experience to uh, a code ready, hireable uh, software developer. Hireable? Hireable, yes. In fact, that's very much the focus of what we do. We have the, the highest uh, job placement outcomes in the country of any that program is, of our kind. That's incredible. 14 weeks. That's how many months is that now? Oh, so three and a half months. Three and a half months. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, think about it. So like, I want to say this again. To watch a Netflix series. <laughs> yeah. Like Breaking Bad or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so you're saying three and a half months, someone can go jobless, you know, in the recession and not having anything to do, has no idea what to do, and they need something to do. Doesn't matter what field they're from, they could come to you guys and you can get them employment ready in three and a half months. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. You know, the field of software development and technology in general is uh, an incredible field loaded with opportunity. There is so much demand for technology talent and yes. supply is incredibly low relative to that demand. Yep. And so what we're doing is we're tapping into um, a population of people who are naturally smart, uh, who have been sort of underutilized in their career they haven't really been fulfilling their potential they've been frustrated about the opportunities that have been presented to them and we are showing them a path um you know by adding skills to their to their abilities if you will showing them a path to yeah. kind of activate the potential of their career and in turn put them on a an exciting life path as well uh with great earnings and and great career prospects yeah. it's a, it's 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 really great work to be doing Really great work. Like, I just can't understand. We'll get into it, right? Like, you know, what is being done? We're not going to get into a lot of detail, but I mean, at least we can kind of get an idea of how this works. But when someone approaches you guys, you, I, I assume you interview them to kind of see where they are, to look at the intelligence and everything that you mentioned? Yeah. Um, so, 
what we do with students coming in is we sort of say, look, there are really two key parts to the, the equation uh, to being uh, successful in the field of software development. Uh, one is cognitive ability. Um, and so we've developed a proprietary aptitude assessment that looks for the cognitive ability that aligns with success in technology, logic, reasoning, pattern matching, problem solving mm. capabilities and on. Uh, and we also look for aptitude, uh, sorry, attitude, right? So mindset, growth mindset, yes. um, sort of behavioral characteristics. Oh, you're speaking my language. Yeah, grit, <laughs> passion, perseverance, drive, determination, yes. a love of learning. You know, those are the characteristics that we look for there. And it's the kind of combination of those two things that, you know, we will make a decision on if somebody is a good fit for the program and, and bring them in. Wow. And is there age limit? Uh, the youngest students who've come through our program are 18. We require a high school diploma or a GD as an entrance criteria. Um, the oldest students, I mean, we've placed... 62-year-olds into progressive insurance, as an example. Um, so it runs the gamut. <laughs> Amazing. What I would say is yeah. the age range that we typically see is between sort of 25 and 40. And that's not to say that that lends itself any better or worse to being successful. What it says is that people between the ages of 25 and 40 are typically asking themselves those questions like, am I on the right path? Is this what I was meant to be mm, doing? Yes. Couldn't I, mm. shouldn't I be doing better in life? And that, that's typically the time when they have that kind of aha moment and they say, yeah. I'm going to yeah. pause for a moment. I'm going to do a bit of research about my alternatives and Tech Elevator mm. comes onto their radar and we engage them in that conversation. Amazing. That's very similar to what we do for Mindset. Our target is around that uh, demographic, that age group as well, because that's the time when they start broadening, broadening their their consciousness, right? They're, they're sensing something deeper, like, wait a minute, they're sitting at this job and they're saying like, is this me? You know, they start feeling something and, and that's great that you provide this solution. And the more people like you create these kind of things, it's incredible because we can actually provide individuals with opportunities and choices, right? Yeah. People maybe don't even know that they have this skill, right? And is this aptitude test that you're talking about, is this something they could take on their own before they approach you? Yeah, actually, we have, uh, we have a test online at techelevator.com. Uh, it's free. There's no charge for it. And it just helps people understand, is this the right field for me? Right? Is this the is this the right yeah. direction? And it help, helps give them confidence that that if they have the right aptitude, that they should keep moving forward in that discovery process. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think just to pick up on a word you gave you you you, you said before, it gives them choices. Right? Um, one of the things yes. that we hear from our graduates all the time is, I am now in a position where I have control, where my choices the, the choices are being made by me, not for me. Um, and when you mm -hmm. have a skill set that's in such high demand, the balance of power shifts from the employer to you, um, whereby you have portability, you have choices that you can make in terms of where you go, but you need to have those skills to kind of give yourself that leverage, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what do you, what do you say the, the starting salary would be average from your students that you have seen? Yeah, I mean, get into the some, type of job. some of it 
varies according to geography. Um, you know, you're going to see much higher salaries. In USA, in, for example. Yeah. Well, I was going to say within the USA, you know, you'll see higher salaries yeah. in San Francisco and New York than you might see in a Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, but the average salary mm-hmm. for a tech elevator graduate is $65,000 um, US dollars, which, which represents about a $24,000 salary bump from where we saw them when they came to us. So yeah. 14 weeks, 14 weeks of hard work. You've got to be willing to put your head down and grind. But, yeah. you know, 14 weeks can result in a $24,000 salary uh, increase. And so, you know, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's something we're very proud of. You know, there's a lot of conversations right yeah. now about the value and the return on investment in higher education, you know. Um, and so to be able yeah. to put somebody in a position where they can cover the costs of their education in less than a year and put them on an earning trajectory that is, I mean, really second to none, uh, is, is very exciting mm-hmm. and, and rewarding to be able to do. Oh, for sure. And they can actually, they could do a lot of things with this, right? It doesn't really have to mean that they get employment. They could initially for two, three years for skill development and experience, but they could kind of branch out and go into entrepreneurship and they could start their own business of some sort in that field. They can do freelancing, right? So if it really depends, like you said, on the mindset. If the mindset is is strong and is reconditioned, they can actually do all this, not feel like it's a lot of work because it's all mindset. When we say it's a lot of work, it's hard work. It's, we're saying it to ourselves. We're limiting ourselves. But if we actually say, and we go into it like, oh, man, this is amazing, right? It changes things. At the same way, they could broaden this. And my next question is, do you see some students that take this into entrepreneurship? We do. Yeah. Uh, we've seen students go into entrepreneurship. We've seen students um, go into large companies. We've seen students go into startups. Um, and so, you know, the journeys, the journeys vary significantly. As I mentioned before, it gives you a lot of portability. Um, for folks who are thinking about going into entrepreneurship, this is a great path um, you know, I always like to say sort of life, if life is a beautiful story and it's going to be made up of many different chapters, right? And if you want to think about how you get to that, that end goal in mind that you have, that vision you have for yourself in the future, and you want to be a technology entrepreneur, learn the skills, hone the skills at a larger employer so you can build more muscle strength and, and capabilities and you know start to think about what that problem is that you are passionate about that you want to solve and then take your skills into entrepreneurship and you will have had that sort of that learning journey um and that 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 transition from where you are today to to ultimately where you want to be with these skills underpinning your ability to do that and your ability to have financial security along the way man uh, i i can't even imagine the goodness that's coming your way and has come your way. When people, individuals, and companies do this type of service for others, there's there's this law or this something, this power, whatever you want to call it. You start experiencing a lot of goodness coming back to you. Do you notice that? The more you're helping people, you're noticing your life obviously improving in, in, the, in the financial world, but overall, Oh, I, I, I 
get goosebumps on a daily basis about the, yeah. the impact that we're having I on people's it. lives. Uh, as we've built momentum, you know, uh, in the community that I live in, Cleveland, Ohio, we've changed over 800 lives at this point. As a company, we've got, I think, 4,000 students that have, have passed through our organization. Um, you know, we, we've been doing some analysis on it, and we believe that the lifetime earnings impact on an individual uh, will result in a $1.3 million salary lift over the course of their, their lifetime earnings. Um, just to put that in context, the Lumina Foundation estimates that the value of a college degree over a high school diploma is half a million dollars in increased lifetime earnings. So in 14 weeks, we're able to put somebody on an earning trajectory that is truly extraordinary. Um, but it is so much more than just the ability to earn. It's all of the good things that come from financial security, from control. And one of the, the, the things that I'm just, I'm addicted to this. I can't get enough of it. I love meeting our alumni. I love hearing about how their lives have changed. You know, yes, their careers changed, but how their lives have changed. Um, and that just, it, it's like a, it's a, it's a fuel that, you know, that, it keeps me going and, and is, is just, yeah, you know, it's it. a, it's a form of energy that is just, it's, it's hard oh, to yeah. beat, you know, like feeling that impact. Yeah. You know, I, I walked into and a you, hamburger joint the other day and a guy recognized my logo on my shirt and, you know, just jumped up and shook my hand and he said, you know, you don't know me, but I went through your program and I'm a software amazing. developer at this company and it's amazing and I love it. And thank you so much for, for starting this company. And I'm like, oh, wow, thanks for saying amazing. that, you know? So yeah, it is. That's There's incredible. a lot of positivity that comes from, from the work we get to yeah. do. Yeah, it's, the, it's definitely, you said that key word, energy. And even now that I meet you, as soon as we got on a call, you just sense it, you know, especially when you're yourself, filled with that energy and you're sensing, you know, you, you, you feel goodness, you can easily sense it in the other person. So definitely um, you're on the right track. Great work. Another question I want to ask is individuals that are going to software engineering, for example, spending years getting an education and then you step in and say, you know, three and a half buds, right? Is there ever an issue on that side when the, when the employer is looking at candidate, for example, someone who has done years of education, someone that's coming from your program, is there any kind of differentiating factor for them that you notice? Um, I think I'm just trying to understand, can you just clarify the question real quick? Is there a difference between sure. um, software developers coming from our program and coming from computer science programs? Is that what you're asking? So, yeah. So, for example, someone, you know, may go to school for years getting into software development, for example, learning the skills. They, they go to a company to apply. Then your student, after 14 weeks, incredible, goes in, applies. Have you noticed uh, anything from the employer side when they make a decision from these two type of um, uh, candidates? I think that's a, it's a great question. So here's what I will say. Yes. When we started the company uh, and we went to the first employers, they were like, it doesn't, 
it doesn't even resonate. It doesn't sound possible. How can you produce the skills in 14? Oh, they did, right? Yeah, they. We yeah, were, that's why I couldn't believe it. <laughs> we were kind of rebuffed, right? And 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 yeah. and we felt it was incumbent on us to start educating. So we educate employers about what they're going to get, about what the students are learning. But ultimately, we say to them, "I can tell you how great they are till I'm blue in the face." But you got to try it. You got to taste the product, you know. And yeah, you got to um, taste. It, and yeah. you know, interview them, talk to them, you know. And but you got to hire them. And so, you know, the first hire we placed into a very large, you know, um, big big uh, insurance company. Uh, we kind of got a lucky break with that placement because some kid had dropped out who was they had a computer science degree, and they were like, "Okay, send us what you got." And we sent him somebody that had worked at Target for 14 years uh, and then came to us. Uh, and two weeks later, that same hiring person was like, his manager is raving about him. What, you know, have you got any more? Uh, and they've now hired 70 of our graduates. Furthermore, Perfect. they did an internal survey and they found that they promote our graduates four months faster than computer science grads. Now, here's the wow. rub. <laughs> We are not the identical equivalent. We're not taking four years of computer science material and cramming it into 14 weeks. We're taking the fundamentals of computer science that are relevant to the workplace, to the actual job, and we are focusing on skills, development methodologies, best practices in software development that are not taught in universities, which have typically fairly aged and dusty curriculum, we're teaching things that are going to set folks up for success. And yeah. on top of that, so they take the skills that are relevant to the workplace. So they're already valuable and more valuable practically from day one, right? You know, mm. we're not teaching them the theory of architecture. We're teaching them how to lay bricks, yes, you yes. know? Um, yeah. And then we're also taking individuals who are, to your point, they have that growth mindset. They don't have, they have appreciation. They have gratitude. They have hunger. They have they have years of career experience where the the the, the skills, the intelligence, the effort, the, the the growth orientation that they inherently have was not appreciated, and they enter into a field that appreciates that. Software development is the most meritocratic field in the economy. What matters is not the piece of paper that you got in college, or or you know, or even you know the. The, not, the, 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 the learning experience prior, what matters is what you can do. So you will go to Uber or Google or Facebook or some other sort of, you know, Duolingo, some cool tech <clears throat> company, and you'll, you, you'll walk into a, uh, uh, into a room where there's tech teams and you can ask those folks, what did you do before this? And you might find Carnegie Mellon grad sitting with somebody who had a, you know, an associate in, uh, you know, in IT sitting next to somebody who was completely self-taught and they respect each other, not because of the pieces of paper, but because of what they can yeah. do and what their potential yes. is to learn. Right. And that is why it's yes. such a fantastic yeah. field yeah. because, you yeah. know, if I'm in medicine, I might have a different career trajectory if I went to Johns Hopkins than I went to Cleveland State. If I'm in law, I'm going to have a different career trajectory. If I go to Harvard or I go to, you know, Ohio State, right? Like the piece of paper goes with you your entire yeah. career. In technology, it's all forward looking. 
And that's what I love about it because yeah. we can pull people up from any part of the any part of the economy, any part of society, and their brain, Amazing. their ambition, and their drive. Those are the factors that determine their trajectory. That's what I love about it. Hmm. You know, as an employer, for example, I would rather take someone that will do the do, create benefits, than someone who knows a lot and don't get the benefits. You know, sometimes uh, uh, the education sh- system, I'm not like putting it down or anything, but it just it crams you with intellect, right? So it gives you a lot of knowledge, a lot of books, a lot of knowledge. So you become very top heavy. So the doing becomes weaker. And what you guys are doing from what I'm, in, what I'm listening to is that you're amplifying the doing and you're bringing that to this company and they're saying, hell yeah, if you could produce more for me, you can get the job done. I want you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's so rewarding. One more thing that I think is sort of, you know, adds to that is, you know, we have companies that prefer to hire from us than do from computer science programs. They're they're pretty open about it. Like if you've got talent, we'll prefer to hire from you. The other thing that started happening with us, which was not intended whatsoever, was as we put these graduates into these companies, the companies said, I've got a a former barista, a former Uber driver, a former bricklayer on my team and they're outperforming kids who are coming out of colleges and um, I'm blown away. If you can do that with individuals from our community, what can you do with my employees who are already here today? What can you do with the individuals who are part of my company that didn't have the privilege to go to college, didn't have the Mm -hmm. foresight or the influence in their lives to choose a computer science degree? can you reskill those individuals into software developers? Mm-hmm. And we said, we'll try. And we tried and we succeeded. And it's opened up this incredible path for us because who better to build the technology solutions for companies than the people who are already there, who understand the needs of the of company? Course. Who better to build the solutions for the customers than individuals who have worked with customers in non-technical roles? You take, you know, banking, for example, you take retail banking. Who better to build the, the digital solutions to support the customers than people that were in a physical world supporting the customers face to face? And all of a sudden, it changes the competitive edge that companies have. And you start to ask yourself the question. Would you rather have individuals who are coming out of university at the age of 20 who know nothing about your business be the future of your technology uh, teams? Or would you rather have individuals coming out of your company learning the skills to then like drive the solutions of your business going forward? And it's like, it's sort of a, a, a big like aha moment that companies, mm-hmm. if they truly, truly own the employee journey and the elevation of those employees yes. and, and the ability to move around and up are actually going to be in a better competitive position and they're not going to have to com- they're not going to have to compete at- externally for talent and they're actually going to farm their own talent right think about yeah, you follow so, soccer knows. think about you know um, barcelona and how 
you know, they created players like Lionel Messi in their own yeah. um, in their own sort of farm Makes team, complete right? Sense. The Cleveland Indians, yeah. who are just you know won the Central yeah. League, you know, champion, are notorious for building mm. talent and and nurturing talent, you know, and and companies can take a, le- a leaf out of this uh, that book and fundamentally recognize that they can drive their performance, which is more than ever driven by people, right? Um, by mm. truly investing in the people who are already within their business. So I mean, that's just to me yes. is one of the most exciting parts yes. of the future. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like cultivating in-house, right? You know, it uh, makes complete, complete sense. Um, are you guys franchising? No, we don't franchise. Um, we were approached in the early days to franchise. Um, and, you know, the argument was compelling in, in, in one in one way, in the sense that we could open locations really fast. Um, but, you know, we're not making hamburgers. We're not, you know, frying chicken. You know, we're, um, we're changing lives. You know, we are stewarding. We are truly trail guides for people's, you know, career transformation and life transformation. And for us, that is something that we really need to keep incredibly close you know to to maintain the quality to to ensure that every single tech elevator team member is truly sort of imbued with our culture and that commitment to the student uh and losing control of that and you know um and and sort of outsourcing or whatever i'm not comfortable with you know like somebody can flip my burger differently in Anchorage to, you know, Key West. But in this case, we are taking somebody and we are, we are, we are their ally in this transformation and crossing this chasm. And so to me, it's, I'd rather stay small. I'd rather grow slowly and just make sure that we don't compromise the critical importance of that commitment that we have to these students. Understood. Very good. Anthony, what's your innermost superpower that got you to this point? Hmm. My innermost superpower. Um, you know, I find myself in a room with team members at Tech Elevator or external collaborators and often internally think, man, I'm like, surrounded by people that are way bigger thinkers, they're way smarter than I am, right? Um, And I think my internal superpower is probably being able to recognize that and and leverage that, right? I think I'm good at storytelling. I'm good at having a vision for what can be possible. Um, seeing patterns sometimes where other folks are specialists and experts in certain areas. I'm good at sort of seeing the overlap and kind of bringing people together around a vision. Um, not yeah. as the smartest person, uh, not as the most technically skilled person, but bringing people together to achieve something, I think is something that I've, 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 I've been good at in the past and I'm getting better at. It's constant, constant learning. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for that, Anthony. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, it's a, it's an honor to have you on the show, uh, to be honest, because I, what in the show allows me to meet individuals like you 
that are creating something out of nothing and then changing lives and making other people's lives better. And, and I just, I'm, I'm super excited about meeting people like you and I'm grateful that you came on the show and I want to thank you uh, for taking the time. It was wonderful speaking to you today. If you have any final words for the audience, please go ahead. Um, well, firstly, thank you very much. Um, I pleasure. love talking about Tech Elevator, so um, I always appreciate um, the opportunity to talk about it, but I really appreciated your questions today. The way that you were thinking you. about our business is, is different, you know, and uh, it was a fun Thanks. fun conversation to talk about it that way and think about it from Same. different angles. Um, you know, I would say that, um, you know, to your audience particularly, um, entrepreneurship is the opportunity to take a passion uh, to see trends around you uh, that are happening in society and kind of align your natural strengths with um, the trends in society and then and then start building. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. oftentimes the difference between entrepreneurs and folks that aren't entrepreneurs is that willingness to take the first step, right? To, to, to you know, start kind of rolling your skateboard Very down true. the hill instead of standing there and looking, if you will. And you'd be surprised about the momentum and, uh, and, and the, the motivation that comes from taking the first step. Because that act of courage mm -hmm. to take the first step oftentimes builds the momentum behind you that keeps you going and, and, and starts the sort of flywheel moving. And whether it's entrepreneurship or career change, you know, it really is the difference between so many people, the people that are happy to be consumers and observers and the, hap and the people that are happy and desire to be creators and, and, and leaders and participants is taking that first step out from the crowd. Yes. So I would just encourage mm -hmm. your listeners to be courageous, to take that first step and you will never, ever regret it, right? Make the mm. investment. Well said. Your best bet in your career is always going to be in yourself. It's always going to be taking control. Yes. And the same as an entrepreneur, take the first step. You will never regret it. Yes. Well said, Anthony. You're, you should go into, maybe you are already, but you should get into public speaking on this topic. You're doing great. Audience, yeah, uh, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're here. So, audience, you heard Anthony, that first step. Boy, it can get scary. But once you take that first step, there's something that drives you. There's something extremely, more than our senses and more than we can ever comprehend, that uplift and push you in that direction when you take that action, when you take that first step. It is hard, but taking that first step is very important. And I really enjoyed what Anthony said about this because it is a, a crucial part of wherever you are. And if you're in a place that you're confused or you're not sure what you're doing, or maybe you are doing well, you know, and you still feel like you could do more, it doesn't hurt to meet with people and talk to them about these things. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being part of the show, sharing, engaging, the messages, the love.
I love you guys too. And uh, keep on participating so on social media, but also being part of the show and, and listening to us and, and interview these great experts changing the world. And again, thank you. And Anthony, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me here. Thank you.